Hi, this is Alvin Rosenzweig, and you are listening to Hat Radio. Uh, this is a new show, a new uh, podcast, and I'm really, really super excited about it because for many years, my dream has been to do interviews with people that are unlimited, really, with very few parameters. Uh, and I often say to people, if the interview goes on for 15 minutes, that's great. If it goes on for four days, <laughs> that's okay, too. So you're going to hear a lot about the people you share this planet with. You're going to hear a lot about kindness. And I think at the end of the interview, you might even say, hey, you know what? That's me, too. Um, and if you do say that, then what you've done is you've hooked up with someone else in the world. And that's a nice thing because no man is an island. Now, for this genesis, for the beginnings of Hat Radio, um, I asked a very, very dear friend of mine, Lou Berkowitz, to join me. And so say hello, Lou. Hello. <laughs> Great to be here. Nicely done. Yeah, are you excited you. about being on this maiden voyage? <laughs> you are, aren't I'm, you? I'm excited to just see where you and I can really take this thing for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I that's, feel. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, it's either going to be 15 minutes or 15 hours or anything in between. Right. When you and I get together, you never know what you will nev happen. You, you <laughs> never know. All, all we need is a fireplace. <laughs> but, yeah. but the reason why I asked Lou, there's a couple reasons. Firstly, Lou is a radio... Uh, affectionado. He's a guy who does a radio show all about real estate. And how many years have you been doing this? Uh, coming up to 11. 11, 11 years? It's been 11 years since I've been doing it. I started uh, when the market crashed in Ooh. 2008. And uh, there was not really all that much to talk about because there was not much going on. But yeah. I decided to actually ramp up. You know, when things are slow, it's time to actually ramp up versus yes. slow down. Yes. And that's what I decided to do. And I got on radio and I've been doing it ever since. And they're, they're paid spots, so they're like, you know, commercial type uh, uh, you know uh, spots but uh, it's more of an information based show so I, and I really enjoy doing it it's been great and it's changing a little bit too you, you have a fabulous voice well thanks Thank yeah you. Thank what, do, what do what, people tell you about your voice well they like my voice right they, yeah and yeah, I mean I, I hear my voice it, it's I know I have a fairly strong voice I teach as well I mean, we'll get into some of that today but so I you know tend to project quite a bit um, but I've also had some broadcasting training like a long time ago. Yeah. So it's all kind of, it's like kind of fun. Yeah. It's coming it, it, together. It's no, like, you do. You have a very soft voice. You. It's one of thank those you. voices you could do a show at 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. You right? Yeah. Well, I, I did, I did do, I had a, I had a great gift that my late wife gave me one year. Yes. And, uh, because I always said to her, I said, you know, it's just like, I've, I, I had, I had visions of being this, you know, this late night DJ at some point in my life, but I just, I don't know, I didn't want to go up and work in North Bay and some of these rural areas, right. you know, like people have to really put their time in, right? Yeah, they really right. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gee, what a yeah. concept, right? I just wanted to go right to the top. I thought it was so, no. Anyway, long story short, um, there was a local radio station, Jazz FM. Yes. That is part of their... Uh, fundraising they were doing an experiential type uh, fundraiser that for you know x amount of money you can host your own radio show with one of their uh announcers yeah. right and uh so renee bought this package for me so i did a show i did a half an hour show cool. that I, I got the cd of and i did my own radio show like a jazz show and it was really cool i was it know, a good show it was a I, I'm biased, right? I thought it was a great show. <laughs> no, but you're <laughs> biased because if it was a shit show, you would say that. 
No, and I kept it. I mean, I I wasn't trying to be a broadcaster per se. It was just like you and I having a conversation, uh, but I was having a conversation with a jazz host, and we were talking about jazz. I have some interest in jazz. I'm not a huge aficionado by any means, but love it, right? It's like one of the genres that I really like, and from time to time, I just like lock and load on jazz, and that's all. Right. And then I'll get out of it for a little while. Anyway, that's so that was a... That was a little uh, fantasy of you know being a radio host that actually came true from a, just a real, real fun perspective talking about music. And so, so, so the thing that I love about you and you and I have been friends for how many years? Uh, more yeah. than more than ten, less yeah. than twenty. You pointed it out a few days ago. I think it was around. Yeah, right, somewhere more, in there. Uh, <laughs> more than ten, less than twenty. <laughs> yeah, so it's with a lot of mileage in between. Right, and, right, and 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 I've known you. Uh, to go through a few different iterations as in a real estate agent, as in someone who renovates uh, condos and sure. or houses. You built casinos. Mm-hmm. You were a paramedic. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people still stick to a couple of careers. You've done about a dozen. <laughs> How many have you done? Quite a few. Well, I'm probably landing right now of where I am today, about half a dozen or so. Half a dozen. Is that a consequence of you getting, okay, I've done this time to move on? Is that is that what it is? I think it's um, it's been evolutionary for me, and it's, and it's been, um, I think it's been just part of a, a growing process of, connecting dots that at one point were unconnectable if that makes any sense i mean it's just that it it it, the the path at least my journey has has brought me to meet all kinds of really interesting people which have then opened my eyes like their experiences because i'm interested in what people do so in conversation it's like you know what have you been up to what do you do where do you travel you know that kind of thing and then all of a sudden certain things pop into my interests of thought and you know is it necessarily going to be career changing well no but sometimes it can be so um where did it come from and but i think initially where it came from is that is um academically i was never all that strong and i I almost felt a little bit insecure about that yeah i do too right like because because most of the people around me um a lot of friends lots and lots of friends had achieved some sort of academic yeah. you know level of they had a degree and and i didn't i i just me you too know, and I, I don't have a ba i know i had nothing no i had nothing <laughs> do, do so, you have any university courses uh, uh i took courses oh me too just how, so, how many ju- like how short of a ba are you <laughs> oh really short yeah, oh, right but oh, you oh. truth is you don't have to say that you say oh you know what i'm pretty close <laughs> That's what I always say. Yeah, a couple courses, I'm good. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? How you do it? Uh, okay. Yeah, a okay. couple courses, I have my BA. Yeah. I'm kind of beyond it. I'm beyond it because what I realized, it's not. It's kind of not about that. So when I when I got out of business college, like I did that for a couple of years, and it was like, uh, okay, uh, yeah, like I was interested but not interested. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was through again through just a series of random connections. I met someone who was working as a, as a well at the time where it was referred to as a you know as an ambulance driver right yes. not, not the paramedics that we have today but an ambulance driver anyway i, th- I thought oh oh like really well, sure enough like somebody's gotta do that job right it might as well be me and i never thought about it and then i did go out for a ride one night he arranged for me to go out as an observer with him one night he was he, he and his partner were working out of sunnybrook hospital so i went out for a night shift they weren't that busy on a, in a 12 on that particular night on a 12-hour shift i think there were three or four calls and nothing overly serious 
but I liked the environment. I liked what they were doing. I really. Um, were I, you scared? I, I was nervous. What were you nervous about? Really, the anticipation of the unknown. I would think right, right, at, at right, that right. time is it just and, and and I think really the anticipation of am I going to be okay with what I see? Yeah, because I was so yeah. nervous as to because he he and I had shared stories and he he had shared with me some of the stories of what he would experience like the a decapitated person. Mm-hmm, sure, that kind of stuff. So going into this as an observer for the very first time and only having landed on this whole concept maybe like two weeks prior, the thought of potentially seeing something like what you just said was was is what made me nervous and so i was quite anxious these two guys were so relaxed they yeah. were sitting around and, and white paint playing ping pong and watching t- i was a wreck i'm sitting yeah. there and they're, they're saying to me what is wrong with you? so so i've i've had right? two heart attacks as you know right. and every time i had a heart attack the paramedics would come over to me and, and come over to my place and i have to tell you something they're always very chilled yeah. They're always very relaxed. Yeah. And you know, like if someone's new, they're like in training, you can tell mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're right. They're nervous mm-hmm. and they're being very polite where the other guy's going, oh, Avram, how you doing there? Had a heart yeah. attack, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and they're very That's good. You're still with us, right? Yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah just, we're, we're we'll, we'll get you through this. High five. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's um, there's it's a it's a it's a great occupation. Uh, the skill set that's required to um, to really work that one is uh um it was it was a great education for me for a long period of time unfortunately over over i i did it for 16 years right so you know quite it was i wasn't in it for five minutes i was in it for a while um but after a while my body just it took its toll it took its toll sharing those gurneys well initially when i started the the equipment was was really second rate at the time it just was what it was it was very archaic and um, there was a tremendous amount of lifting involved of, of the equipment and the people <laughs> without really a lot of training with proper body mechanics. And even if we had, you know, it's, it's one of those jobs where sometimes you just have to do what you got to do to get people out of wherever they happen to be. Forget body mechanics. Like if I, if I got to lean over and get through something like that's what's going to happen. Right? I'm not going to stop all of a sudden watch my squat position doesn't happen so there's a, there's a lot makes of, sense. There's lot, makes a sense. lot of injuries occur as well right um so they do they do an amazing job and um, is, is there one particular scene that you arrived at that just kind of sticks in your head and every now and then you think about it and you go oh jesus well it's been <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know this whole thing has been a long it's been it's interesting because it we were talking about you know these jumping of careers or movement of careers from one to another and i it almost seems to me like i'd never have even had that career you know um oh. so when i think about it i mean it's had a lot of impact on me for sure but it's not something that i consciously think of today even though it's something that i did for 16 years and it wasn't like an office job so to answer your question yes I now have to. Uh, I now can consciously think about um, incidents that happened uh, that were that were quite traumatic uh, to me. Um, your whole body language in your breathing just changed. Just shifted, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the one it, it was, was a big deal, deal, eh? Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah, I guess it's still. But I mean, you don't have to say it if you don't want. To. No, it's okay. No, it's okay. But um, you know, I for 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 out of respect 
for the you know the family and everything that happened uh, you know I'm not going to get too far into it because it was a very out there situation but it involved a young child and um, you know the 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 like, like it was a horrible scenario um, or it, it was a horrible scene to experience firsthand and I was the first person onto the scene and I was the first person to see the body and I had a young child at home at that time as well yeah and I I, I think I just froze because w- what I saw it right in front of me for, for, I guess, a split second, I was just frozen because first I didn't think it was real, and then, of course, I knew it was real. Um, and the, the next thing that went through my mind is how is, how, is, how, is, how is someone capable of doing this to another human being? Yeah. So we're talking about abuse yeah, here. Yeah, so, you know, that was, that was quite chilling, and, and of, of all the years that I spent on the job, uh, I think that was probably the most traumatic. I mean, I still even now I, I sense my 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 body language and breathing change just to because I'm 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 you know what I'm doing is I'm I'm rewinding my my brain to back to that period and I'm experiencing it, and as I well know now because of what I do, our bodies hug our wounds. Yeah, you know we get a hug every time we have a wound, and it's not not always in a very positive way because it can cause a lot of tension as well. So. Need to kind of release and open well, up. Right? How do you qualify? How do you define those hugs? Well, is no, that, is I, that breathing? Is that a breath? Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, it's it's not. It's actually no, it's not a positive statement. Meaning that you know, if we have a if we have our if we have a wound, our body's carrying it. You know, that's what I mean. So I'm I'm still carrying that, obviously, because of just what happened with my body. It's almost like if a big wrestler came over and gave you a huge hug, and you're going, I can't breathe. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there are, um, you know, to talk about things like that in in that profession, there are things like that. But now the um, the people, the frontline workers, you know, have resources that we didn't have. Like what? We didn't like professional resources to deal because this is these incidents of what these frontline people see, particularly the, the first responders. Um, this is all PTSD, the, like the, the, the manifestation of PTSD as a result of what they do, see. Do you think you day. have post-traumatic? Absolutely, absolutely. no uh, question about it, it. How does it manifest itself? Well, I think it manifests itself in many ways. Firstly, uh, um, being extremely irritated, poor, like really bad sleeping habits, yeah. not being able to sleep, having nightmares, having visions, having anxiety, which, you know, some in some cases leading to depression. Really? Do you sweat? Oh, my God, yeah. Oh my God! I used to just perspire like crazy, like mm. crazy, and I didn't have the knowledge or understand. We did not have that ability or facility at that time, that help that we needed to deal with it. Is, so, is, 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 sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say so. The day, the, the, the most of us, many of us, dealt with it the easiest way, and uh, th- through a bottle. Was <laughs> there any, w- was there anybody who could console you? Uh, any particular woman who could hold you when you're going through that and say, "Lou, I love I you." I was married. Here. So would, Renee, n- Renee. No, no, I was married to my first wife at the time. Could she console you at all? We we tried. We, yes, yes, she did. Of course, you know. But I tried also not to talk about too much about what was going yeah, on yeah. because what I did for a living was not a topic of dinner conversation. 
<laughs> no, it's really not. Right? You so, ever seen a, a leg broken in 30 places? So, how yeah. was your day, hon? Wow. Yeah. You know, I just love these potatoes. <laughs> yeah, right exactly. Word. Yeah, it's definitely not a source of dinner conversation. So it ended up being that, you know, at the end of these long sh- um, weekly shifts that we would have, you know, at the end of five, di- five 12 hours days, we just dropped like a lot of hours right? <laughs> that we were working or four, right. four, four 12 hour days. Um, we'd all get together and just go out and drink. And the camaraderie, the, the, the friendship and the camaraderie with other people that I work with. And, uh, you know, well, there was a lot of real, um, I'm afraid to say, like really sarcastic type yeah. uh, behavior thrown to it. We were trying to make light of very serious situations. So it's almost like comedians... You know, uh, doing doing stand up and being talk, inappropriate, talking right? about really serious, yeah. you know, like you know, like like stand up about the Holocaust stuff, like you know, and like right. what, like some of the most inappropriate, and that's that's how we did as well, with a lot of alcohol and a lot of that that type of talk um, was to, was the, our way to get it out. Yeah, at, no, the, I, at that time, I, I, so, I can't think of a of a better way to consider a body that's been smashed up by a truck and is in three or four different pieces you might as well make a joke about it <laughs> well we kind of had to like and, and and you know after a while i mean it is a it is um it's a profession that i'm that i will say that the people that are in it are extremely well trained like extremely well trained yeah. so for the most part i mean yes everyone's a human being but for the most part they're also really strong clinicians yes so they look at you know when they come to your home when they come into your car accident or any of these any of the you know the the countless and endless scenarios that's how we we were trained to to, to deal with the unexpected because because it, it, it like fires and, and buildings and like anything can happen right yeah. so it's to be adaptable so these people do a great 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 job so, so uh, by the way, I would yeah. I, I want to encourage your point and say that both times when I had a heart attack and these yeah. women and men amazing. came over, yeah, you, you, they, they, I mean, part of their casual approach, you know, part of their sort of almost, it almost seems like, hey, calms yeah, you, you down should, too, right? Oh, just calms <laughs> you right down. <laughs> yeah, and I started yeah, yeah. joking. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the whole point. So it's diffuse, oh. diffuse, diffuse, diffuse. Oh, because is it? of course we're, we, we knew always that typically we're coming into a very Sprite. high full of energy environment that could be toxic or or or, or just wise. fearful wise but we knew that the energy in there was massive so the first thing we need to do is cut it and slice it and Very dice wise. it and the best way to do that is through humor totally agree it's with like, big smiles it's like when i go into my uh, not my doctor because she's great but when i've been in other specialist uh, offices they're so damn serious they really are and they make you nuts like i went in they put this thing up my ass and they told me i had colitis and the doctor goes you have colitis i'll see you in six months and that was it it's like there's no bedside manner there was no <laughs> warmth and here i have this colitis now and I, I went into him after six months i said to him i said doctor I, I, if i can give you a piece of advice please when you, I was prepared for the colitis because every person in my family has it. Some of them have like bags on the side, you know the whole thing, and 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 I said, but you have to be able to support your patient when they come in if you report to them that now they have a particular condition, which in their mind could be as bad as cancer. Well, he got really angry with. Me. Oh, he did. Well, specialists don't like that. Okay. Doctors don't like to be told what to do. Yeah. Well, that's that's um, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So Lou, Lou. So, so, so 
what blows me away about you, okay, is yeah. you're like a you're like a, a Lamborghini. You're like one to sixty in about one point two seconds. Okay, <laughs> why do I say that? So four years ago, mm-hmm. Renee's been gone. How long? Your wife? Three years. So four Three years back, yeah. ago, you took up yoga. Basically, is yeah, that right? That's pretty much. Had yeah. you done any yoga before that? A little bit. I uh, probably about four months or so okay. at a local gym. Okay, so right. right. Four years ago. So today. Today, I don't know what happened. Right, so you're a Lamborghini to me. Uh, 1 to 60 in 1.2 seconds or 2 seconds. So why do I say that? I say that because four years ago you started yoga, and today you're like a freaking yoga guru. You (laughs) represent a major label on some level, which is Lululemon. True, yeah. And uh, you're in the best shape of your life. That's very true. Okay. Yeah. That's so, very true. Like, what's this all about? Like, why did you why rebranding? Did, uh, this what is, did you do? This is six So no, but Lou, like, why <laughs> did you throw yourself into yoga like that? Let's. Uh, it's uh, okay. I'll tell you the story. It um, because yoga, I, and I journaled this a long time ago, and I kind of started off by saying, "Yoga changed my life." Yeah. And. Then I went on to, you know, kind of talk about what that really meant. So, so as you mentioned, I started yoga about four, four and a half years ago. I discovered, um, I discovered power yoga, which um, and hot power yoga, in, to be sweating. more specific. So, well, you know, I mean, everybody sweats right to some degree, right. but for me, the uh, just my body type, uh, the, you know, the way that I'm made up. Once I, I experienced going into a hot room, we're talking about hundred degrees. Fahrenheit or so, right? Um, and moving around in a, in a pretty constant flow of movements, I my body type just really liked it. I, I, and all, all of a sudden, I was able to move where for the longest time I've I've been feeling clunky, yes, um, out of shape. I've pretty much let go of my physical health. I was in the gym, you know, like lifting weights a little bit and stuff like that. So I was, I was like mindful of it, but not over the top by any means. Um, but the practice of yoga, I just, I, I there was something about it. It was so challenging and it was so unusual for me. I, not that I ever felt uncoordinated, but I've never experienced these type of movements. I guess it's the movements that, at the time, the the physical, you know, the moving of the arms and the legs this way and that way and back and forth, and yeah. for a solid hour where it's like, oh my God, how does the teacher even put all this stuff together? Because right. there was so much going on, and I, and by the end of it, I was completely, I was not exhausted. But I was like spent. I was like spent, but energized. Yes. So if that makes sense, all of a sudden I felt like a lot of energy. And then when I walked out, I walked out a little bit lighter. So, yeah, it's a nice feeling. So basically, what I'm saying is, I, you know, my first experience and my first introduction to to power yoga was really good. My first introduction to yoga in general was not great. I started in a. You know, I did a couple of really slow moving classes in sort of room temperature uh, environments. One of them was even a little bit cooler, and I just didn't like it. I felt I felt like Tin Man trying to break in half. You yeah. know, it just didn't. So everything changed for me, really, once I got into this really faster pace, faster movement, hot environment. 
So, so do you feel that, that started the practice for me? That started the journey. And do you feel that way today? Even like more enhanced? Oh, uh, even more so today. So, so, so what's happening inside your head? Like, I, I just want to tell our listeners, you're 60 years old, right? Right. And you mm-hmm. probably weigh, how much do you weigh now? 185. 185 pounds. Mm-hmm. And you're very muscular mm-hmm. and you got incredible tattoos. Thanks. <laughs> you know, you do like, it's almost like you've designed your body very well. Uh, okay. So almost like you're a, a body designer. And I want to tell, I'll tell you as well, those who are listening that, uh, and this is another show, but Lou's dad was in the Holocaust right? and he had, <laughs> he had numbers tattooed on his arm. Yes. That's one of them. So Lou, what he did was he wanted to remember his dad and that big clunky gold ring wasn't enough. Nothing material was enough. So Lou decided to tattoo his father's number on his arm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, one of the things I think that brought us closer because I wrote an article about that. Well, right. And I remember we were sitting in the, in the, in my backyard, you and I were, we were having a, a drink and, um, just having a conversation. And I said to you, I said, I've got something to show you. And you said, Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> you went, oh, yeah. I know. Like what? Yeah. And then I showed it to you and you kind of, you just sat there for a while and you looked at me and you said, I think I have to sit with this for a little while. So, um, yeah, your response was like, you were speechless for it, which is like... You know what strikes me right now? The images I have in my head. There's two, that was one of them. There's two major and then very major things that you shared with me in that backyard. And one, one was that Renee was very sick. Remember that? Right. I yeah. do remember that. Right. So I want to well, get I, into... I told you the truth about that. Yeah. Like, like the, you, that. Well, we'll get into that in a sec, but... but Oh, oh there we go. We have a we have a caller. <laughs> we have a caller. It's been it's months. our sponsor. <laughs> We've been waiting for months. But anyways, um, so I just I want to wrap. Nice up the, to be wanted. Right? I, I think you're gonna. Have, it's it's nice. nice to be wanted. Somebody I, asked me the other day. I was with my friend Vicky, and she and I got five or six calls. She said, "How many calls do you get a day?" I said, "Something like that." Wow. So how many calls do you get a day? Not many. No. No. Okay. Do you by feel? Design, do you by feel, design. Do you feel connected? I do feel connected. And do you feel yeah, people are thinking it, about you? Uh, I do. Okay, good. I do. Yeah. So let's wrap up this. Connected. Let's wrap up this yoga piece because I want to head into sure. what the theme of this show is the title, which is uh, having and lost a soulmate. Sure. So I just want to wrap up this yoga piece because w- w- that is like you look at people and you kind of in your own head think, okay, this is who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, we very quickly size people up and we categorize them and we give them a name, right? Okay. You know the story. Remember, Lou, you were in the gym once and you were trying to do a handstand. Yep. And some fellow came over to you. Remember uh-huh. you told me this yeah, story yeah, once? Yeah. And he goes, I've been watching you try to do that handstand, yeah, right? Yeah. And he said something. Am I right? He said something yeah. along the lines. He says, you're going you're gonna to do it. Yeah. Was that right? He said, just keep doing it. He said, just keep. Yeah. And he was. Yeah. He was said, he said, I just. Uh, he said, I marvel at the tenacity of just just not giving up, not giving because he was watching me day after yeah, day. Yeah, I know. Day after I know. Day. And then and then what happened is because he was, uh, you know, he was close to my age or somewhere in that area. A couple of days later, I saw him and his wife doing the same thing. Yeah, see, that's great. And he said, you inspired us to play because that's, that's what I say. It. And, you know, so that's. Uh, yeah, there's all there's been a lot of great experiences. My yoga journey has been amazing. So I'm into it for, um, you know, pretty solid four and a half, five years now. I've been teaching solid for two um even more so my practice uh, both of my physical practice of how i move through yoga and how i teach has also changed a lot it's evolved yeah. um, i think it's much more complex i've kind of gone back to a lot of my roots of being really interested in anatomy being really interested in movement um and also trying to uh 
the 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 practice of yoga and the, the uh, more of a yogic lifestyle because it's an actual lifestyle component of uh, you know the movements are just one of many. Do, do you live that lifestyle? I try. No, but are you are you inherently that kind, gentle sort of granolish person? We identify with yoga. Well, I'm, I'm being silly on the granolish piece. Well, Forget I, that. Yeah, I was going to say you may have. To are, are you that kind, gentle person? Are I, you? I, I like to think so, and I like to try to be. Are you as growing best as I can. in and that? Is for sure the direction that I've been okay. I've been trying to grow and fulfill because I think that that is the course that I would like to to to, to stay and build on yeah. even more than I have. Like I, I found that you know certainly um, it, the, the you know the first two thirds of my life were were really um, more more of the taker. I was a taker, 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 taker. Yes. Um, I, I think just as a general statement, you know, like working to take. Not that I was, you know, what I mean. Um, and, and this section, you know, the, the this last third of my life is is a, is a is something I want to devote to giving back. So things like yoga, which helped me tremendously during Renee's illness, and you know, after her illness, and even today, it was it was I discovered something that was magical to help me through it. And at the same time, the benefit not only did it help me through sort of the day by day, day by day, day by day, which um, you know, I'm happy to talk to you about, uh, but it, it had the it, it had the the great consequence of just physically changing my form yes. and changing my body, and not just the way that I look, but also what was happening inside, because within a matter of two years, I was going to my doctor who was kind of freaking out going what's going on here because we were doing um you know we were doing the regular physicals and and medications that i was on for you know elevated cholesterol and stuff we were she took me off of them that's amazing <laughs> she took oh, oh really okay fantastic yeah so it's th there's 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 there are just so many benefits around it and um it was, uh, you know, I, it was a point in my life where I was able to make a, a, a another change. Yeah. It was just, it was a time of change, and this is the change that this is the path that I chose to discover because I wanted to share it. So, so uh, do, do you like do you like yourself? I think so. Yeah, I do. Have you, is, <laughs> yeah, is that newish, or have you always on some level liked yourself, or what? It's newish. Yeah. How, how is that? How is that? It, it, <laughs> no. How is it? Seriously, it's pretty good. I like it. You're like liking I, yourself. I, like, I do. How I do you like define it. liking yourself, by the way? Because people always say, you have to love yourself. Tell yourself. And then I try. Oh, no. I go, oh, oh. I love you. And I feel like a fucking idiot. Yeah, so how, no, how I, do you do it? Well, okay. I mean, yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, firstly, I, I have to. I wanted to feel. I didn't feel comfortable, I think, with that whole thought until I could actually sit alone long enough and really like being alone. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's it. Because exactly. I just didn't like that whole concept whatsoever. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, do I like myself? Yeah, I think I certainly like myself a lot more, but I still beat myself up a lot. I have a lot. You know, there's still things that I, yeah. uh, but, I'm, but I'm actually much more mindful now about things that I ever was before. So I'm Did able, you beat I'm yourself to, up, uh, up for real stuff? Or um, not, no, not I've, really? I've, I've, decided, I've decided and I've also been working really heavily on just trying to chill out on that kind of stuff. It's not worth it, you know. That's that's something that we can talk about, you know, um, as part of this process as okay. well, because okay. it's um, it's it's a manifestation of it. So a long time ago, when I was uh, in commercial radio, mm -hmm. I uh, I met Renee Roth, who was a salesperson there, selling time for the radio station, and just a lovely, lovely, lovely human being, 
from the very first time I, I, I met her, I just, like I said before, you, you quickly categorize people. And the moment you meet Renee, give it five seconds, I guess. <laughs> Maybe some people need a 10. Solid. <laughs> 10? Solid, yeah. yeah. This is like one of those individuals whom you meet who you know is sincerely kind. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? True. She's just sincerely kind. Yeah. And she is also authentic mm-hmm. with a tremendous, tremendous life in her eyes. Right. She's one of those. Yep. And and you who are listening, you know someone like that in the world, right? Yeah. yeah. You weren't necessarily married to them. <laughs> but Lou was. <laughs> yeah. So Lou, so that's how I met Renee. So but but you ended up with her for ten years. Yeah, right? almost eleven. Ten almost years. 11, yeah. So tell me, um, like how did you and Renee meet? We met online. Yeah. We met. We did meet online. I was traveling at the time. I was working in the United States, um, living in Toronto. But I would. Uh, I was traveling back and forth every week. I would fly down to the states, do my thing, come back on the weekends. Where would you fly to? And um, I'd fly to Biloxi, Biloxi, Mississippi. This is post uh, Katrina. So when Katrina blew the Gulf Coast off the face of the fucking planet, oh my God! This the stuff that it, like I, oh my. God, what was going on? Okay, got, let's stay on track here. Okay, with right. Name, okay. Mean, we're going to do another show. Okay, because it's got to we'll be. Talk, that'll be the bullshit That's show. A, right. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> Anywho, um, I uh, just through a friend of a friend, someone suggested this one particular uh, dating website. I was single. I had left my first marriage. I was I had been single for about a year and a half, almost two years. And um, I just kind of got online, right? And... Plenty of fish. Is uh, that what it was? No, it was J date. J date. Okay. Yeah, it was J date. You're not even Jewish. That's the interesting thing. No. Lou Berkowitz is not Jewish, ladies and gentlemen. Well, well not according to like on, orthodoxy. Right. 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 Maybe according to the other denominations. Right. Right. Well, not. Well, do you take offense that I say that that you're not? Do you take offense? Well, I don't take offense to it because I don't really, I don't really identify. So why would you right? take offense? Yeah. It's you look like, like you're taking offense. Really? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have this thing. I ha- it's mo- it has to do with my father. Because your dad was in there. Because because yeah, because it's such a yeah, it's a, such a deep thing, you know. That it's like, if I'm not Jewish, then nobody is. Okay, fine. So you're a Jew. <laughs> okay, even Lou though Berkowitz. if I don't, I, I, do I have to identify? <clears throat> no, to be you one? you're my Jewish friend now. I always thought you were my Gentile friend, but now you're my Jewish can friend. Can I be both? Like in high school? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess you could. In high school, I put my fucking hand up for every single like. Like holiday, who's Jewish? Me, <laughs> right? I got both of Berkowitz. Of course he is. Of course he is. Right? They didn't know. Anyway, we get off track. Where were we? So um, you told me you met. Anyway, you so met we met online. Yeah, we did. We met online, and uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was one of those where we when we actually met uh, first date for the first date. She got to the restaurant first. Which restaurant? And. Um, it was a Japanese restaurant in Yorkville. Okay. Yeah. And she stood up, turned around, yeah. put out her hand, and just gripped my hand and almost dropped me to the floor. All right. Strong woman. She had this grip. Like, she had this really strong handshake. And she said, hi, I'm ready. <laughs> That's the first thing. <laughs> and I kind of knew. I thought I was fucked yeah. <laughs> from that point on. She was a, a dynamic woman with her, just um, you know, a great loving wide open personality full of life and, and as you said it's like within five seconds um you would be smitten eh? pretty much like you know she was one of these people that um you know she was beyond the 80 20 like it was more than more than 80 people liked her versus 20 who didn't in that first five seconds you know like 99 percent of the people liked her 
Lou, did you draw in like the first few minutes or first hour with you? Did you pull in like almost being scared of how open she was? Or did you just did you figure oh, I'm with someone and I'm going to open up? Oh, my God. No. When when we first met. Yeah. No, I was I was completely wide open. You were at the moment you met wide open. So wide you were ready. You I've, were ready for that. Well, one, I do think I was ready for about uh, um, sort of an emotional perspective. I've been single for a couple of years, dated a little bit. Right. And um was single was totally single at the time i wasn't dating anybody but and and i wasn't looking to get into a long-term relationship but i was looking to have fun with someone and i, I didn't even know what i was looking for right actually i just don't know other than i i didn't want to be alone i wanted to have some fun do you remember the first date oh yeah do you remember being with her i do you know why i remember the first date this is here here's one for you it was the last day that the city of toronto allowed smoking indoors you told me this. yeah right so and at that time i was a big shot and smoked cigars she smoked cigarettes and so after dinner we went to you know we went to one of these restaurant bar places and just smoked up a fucking storm like a cohesion i had the big stogie going on <laughs> she had the things going on yeah did you like the taste of the and cigar the, seriously I love, that wasn't too harsh too bernie i never got into it i tried a cigar with scotch because like, you're supposed to do that it didn't work for me i got addicted to cigars i used to smoke L- cigarettes literally yeah oh yeah no literally it's heavy heavy nicotine really oh no, sure 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 and even though it's like the I always used to say, well, I don't inhale, but it's bullshit because there's a whole bunch that comes in anyway. Like, oh, my into God. Into the lungs, right? You ever, so, you ever and smoke? it doesn't even matter whether it goes into your lungs or not. It just, like, even in your mouth, it just goes right into the capillary system, into the bloodstream anyway, right? So the, the shit just goes in. But I didn't, um, I felt like I wasn't inhaling. So it was, to right. me, right. I justified it by it's not a cigarette. I'm not sucking it all in. There I'm just go. kind of sticking it in my mouth and it's, blowing it out. And it looks kind of cool. It's like having a Diet I, Coke. <laughs> you know, you figure, okay, you know, yeah, I, I got to be really expensive, and I was hanging around with these dudes who were buying these eighty to hundred dollars cigars. You're kidding me? No, I'm serious. Like these guys were like, yeah, eighty to hundred dollars cigars. I think that's unhealthy. And these are these are these hockey dads, right? And they were just throwing them around like crazy. It's unhealthy I, for it was the hard planet. It's hard for me to compete. Yeah, it's unhealthy for our soul. To smoke a hundred dollars cigars <laughs> when some people or kids are starving. Seriously, like you can make that argument, no? You can totally make that argument, and I guess that's kind of the you know the point is that you know one point in my life that's that's those are the indulgences that I wish to um, you know partake in, and now they're not. So how 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 long? Uh, so yeah, so 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 you take Renee home, um, and and when did you guys go out again? Like how long did you wait? I saw we, well, we I think we saw each other on a Friday. I saw her again on a Sunday. Two days that, later. Two days later, and then not again till the following week. Yeah, did you think about I, her? Because I was away. Did you think about her the whole time? I thought about her the whole time. And um, did you? And we talked, and we talked as well. Yeah, a there long, was, like long talks. There were there were the conversations. That our relationship was actually a long distance relationship for about the f- two and a half to three years. Yes. As part of this period, I also lived in Florida, sort of the end of it when I was working for Hard Rock Casinos, and our relationship was really amazing because it was built over a period of time slowly and through a lot of conversation because we were apart a lot so there were often times when i couldn't come home on the weekends so i would fly to washington she'd fly from toronto to washington we'd meet for the weekend and we would just have a great time for the weekend then i'd fly back to wherever and she'd come back to toronto so this went on for quite some time how long did it take you to fall in love with her well about 
five seconds. Actually. No, no, like really, <laughs> serious, serious. Oh, uh, when did you know? Like you could say, Renee, I, I love you. I remember. Yeah, I, I remember. It was probably. Um, I would say probably six months or seven months into the relationship. And how long did it take her to love you? Uh, well, you know, she was reciprocal when I told her because I told her that I loved her, and uh, and I remember the night very specifically, and because I've thought about it, and it's one of those Can things. Can you tell us uh, the night? Uh, sure. I I came home from um, I came home from one of these long, long, long trips away, and um. Yeah, she met me when I when I came home and looking beautiful as always, right? And um, she's just she dolled up real nice when I came home. That was always such a, that was just such a great part of our of our evening whenever I whenever I came home, and um, I remember I walked in, I just looked at her, and I I just said hi, <laughs> hello. I just said hi. She said hi, and I walked up to her. And I, wherever she was, I, she was holding a glass of wine for me, which was so sweet, right? And then I grabbed the glass of wine. I put that down. I put her, her glass of wine down. I took her and just, and, and kind of moved her back against the fridge. Yes. And I just said, before I speak another word, I just want to tell you that I love you. Oh, I verklempt. Right. Oh. And she just fucking cried and said, I love you too. And, and and that and we built it from there and from there on uh, it was something that we, that we built on and I remember that very clearly because I, I I remember that like I, I remember coming home and it was not even I wasn't even nervous I wasn't I wasn't uh, like you know anxious I worried about concerned about what, what what if she didn't love me like you know there was yeah. none of that yeah. I fucking knew that when I was driving in the car coming home that that is what I had to do yes that was the next step yeah. in this relationship and and i was i would have been devastated if it went the other way right yeah. but it's, it's that point it's like i'm all in and i gotta just share this like a hundred percent and i went for it so so <laughs> sort of on, so good. on a metaphysical <laughs> level on a spiritual level on a very practical level any level where you can relate this well what what is that depth of love like I think I equated directly to a sense of freedom and because for once in my life I was with someone and um, also felt this incredible affection towards someone who I, I, I completely trusted. Yeah. So I completely trusted her with, with all of my being and all of my, my shit because we all have shit, right? And I didn't ever want to be in a position to be with someone and not share my shit. Right, right. Because... It just is what it is. It's going to come up. <laughs> I either bring it up or it's going to come up, right, one yes. way or the other. And, um, you know, our relationship just grew from from being able to do that and trusting each other and being so non-judgmental. It, that's, the, it, that's really the thing, Abram. It's like this, there's, a, there's a couple of components to it that, that create this depth. Um, you know, some of it, of course, is I think our earthly, our earthly physicality attract attractiveness to each other for sure. Which you were. Which I was. You know, I was physically attracted to her, and she was to me. Um, you know, I've never made any fucking qualms about that. I mean, it's like I, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like, I, it's not that. You know, I, I have a certain uh, um, 
you know, vision and say, you know, this is only the beautiful thing. It's just, I, I'm, you know, my, my filters through my lenses of my eyes, you know, and how they kind of respond, sees certain physical things that I like versus others, right? Lou, you loved her hands, didn't you? I did. I, I did. You, I know you did. I did. I loved her what hands. What about her hands? <laughs> she just had these very Like, if you never want to answer my questions, just tell me, Oliver, I don't want to answer that. Yeah, no, no, no. It's fine. I mean, we're here to talk, and I'm here to share, and I'm happy to okay. I'm happy to share. Uh, so tell and, me about her hands. And, and the thing with her hands is just she had these tiny little delicate hands, which I just thought were so beautiful. I, yeah. I just thought her hands were beautiful, and they were quite loving and loving loving yes and, and there was a sense of kindness that mm. always came through i you know, know you can read right? a person through their hands yeah i thought so too I and think I, so. I i sort of felt that with her and um she just always had she had that touch well it's like i said to you when we first met she gave me the vice grip right <laughs> Yeah, she had that ability with those tiny little things to give you the vice grip, but at the same, there. but at the same time, the gentleness to, to to like you know to like really give you that nice hug as well. So, um, yeah, I mean these are just these are these are physical things that you know we find attractive in people, but obvi- I mean obviously there was much deeper than that, and it went further than that. You did you believe that Renee would accept you for who you are? Oh, totally. Like, I'm asking that for uh, reasons um, having to do with myself. Like, in other words, I have trust issues. And and I, and when you tell me that you really trusted her and it was all about not feeling judged, does that basically mean you knew that whatever came out of your mouth, um, I mean, she may not love it, but, but she's not going to attack you for it. All right. Right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. No, in fact... Um, and that was that was one of the things that really I found attractive about Renee is that uh, she was very strong, uh, very independent with her own her own rule book. I mean, she's you know she had very strong um, opinions and visions and thoughts about the world and, and and all that kind of stuff and behaviors. And she was not um, she was not fearful of calling me out of my shit. So. Right. You know, should should something have happened? I mean, I can't think of anything offhand, off, but yeah, I probably will. Um, yeah, she was she was always like right there. So you never felt like she was going to go at you. For no, something. no. So quite quite the opposite. It was like I I welcomed her. I welcomed because I I treated more of of just a collaboration of our relationship, more feedback than than her attacking me. There was never any sense of attack because here's the thing. One of the things that I've discovered and and. Uh, and you know, and I don't. Necess- I don't think this is anything new, but it's, it was new to me. Is you know, we have a couple of choices and options of where we come from, in terms of as people of things that we do. Our intentions is really what I'm speaking of. Yes. Our intentions. Yes. And I think typically a couple of categories. You know, there's a, the intentions of everything coming from a place of good and love and kindness and and healing and wanting good and empathy, right? Versus fearful, jealous, rage, anger, uh, hate. You know that side. Where where where's the coin coming from? Like where's where's the behavior coming from? And Renee yes. always came from a place of kindness, and lovingness, and 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 thoughtfulness and caring. So. Whatever she would happen to, you know, um, uh, 
you know, either not, not even criticize, or but but just to you know to have a conversation with me about. It always came from that place. Okay. So I never was fearful that it would come from anywhere else but that place. That was her. That was that's why the relationship. Was and so where good. did all your stuff come from? What place? I was all over the place. Like just identify a few of those places. Well, not great. I mean, some of it uh, from uh, from places of fear. Um, I think there's, you know, I found through a lot of uh, self discovery work that you know I, there was still a, a, a fairly strong inner inner child in me that was very fearful of loss. Yes. Um, which manifested in, in in behavior that's not very adult like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I understand. Like, yeah. No, I get it. Um, yeah, like juvenile behavior, you know, like just doing stupid things. And um, that was one of the amazing parts of our relationship, and particularly about Renee, is that she had the patience to endure that type of behavior from me and straighten me out on it. Hmm. So I was able to grow from that, wow. which is amazing. Did you feel you deserved all this? Um, it's like all this in heaven, too, you know? Well, yeah, it was, it was it's nothing. I don't know. I never really consciously, uh, and maybe that was the thing too. I wasn't present enough to really think of, oh my God, oh my God. But um, like, when did you start taking it in where you were conscious of what you had, you were conscious of who you were with and her gift? When did you start accepting her well, gift? Well, to, to a great degree, I, to a great degree, I always had that because she was such a special person anyway, right? Like, and yeah. and I, I knew I was so drawn to her, and, I, and our, our relationship was. was just always had this sense of forward movement, forward growth. So I knew even then that, you know, she was really like like a special person and special and and particularly to me. Um, but it, it um, I, I remember probably in t- well, in like maybe into the second or third year. You know, we we used to we used to talk a lot about, wow, we're really lucky that we met each other. Like yeah. we're really lucky. Like we're just uh, you know. Um, that was that was such a cool thing to have happen. So we we did start to talk about it in in a way that we were aware of it and conscious of it. Yeah, then. you were excited about coming home. I was. Uh, I had uh, when I was working. You mean? No, like once. Well, let's move this forward a little bit. You guys, no. you guys moved in at some point, right? Oh, we did. Yeah. So after we what year in. was that? What year? So after year f- three or four, four. Is that the house up in North York? Yeah, that was year four. Yeah, so that, okay. was, that was year four. So that was that was a big house that we bought. Which is cool. I, I think we should really sort of uh, um, peg this point because I think it's important to note who you were in the relationship. You guys, yeah, yeah, you guys moved up to a house in North York, which yeah. is which is sort of the central northern part of Toronto. Mm-hmm. And a real nice house. You had a really unique sort of house. Yeah. We, weird a little bit, but unique. <laughs> uh, it was weird, wasn't it? Just like us. Yeah, like you guys. <laughs> but, but here's yep. the thing is, listeners, <laughs> like Lou didn't want to move there. No. no, no, he's a downtown guy, yeah, right? Much, yeah. Like they don't come more metropolitan. What's the word nowadays they use? You're what are you metropolitan? Yeah, I guess there's so. a better yeah. word. What is it? No, I, I think metro. Yeah, whatever. metro. Yeah, I don't know. You really are like how you <laughs> dress, right? How you eat, where you eat. Uh, you're very metropolitan. And here you were moving up to the burbs. So right. you, you didn't want that. Right? No, no, I didn't. But I, you did it. No, I didn't want that. And, and the uh, it was it was. You know, I mean, that weighed heavy on me for a long time because I, I, I loved Renee, but I, I didn't know if I would be able to, um, you know, just kind of assimilate it into the, the, the lifestyle change. But here's the thing, and that's kind of what I knew, because even though I was resistant on the one hand, and in the past, any other relationship would have created resistance, I loved her so much that it just, uh, it was something that I was willing to, to, to work through 
So that's kind of the secret. That's kind of when you know you're really in love with someone, when you were just, where everything is okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Even when that's it's nice. not okay. Even when it's not okay, but that's the point. Because, so here's the point. It's not okay that I'm going to be moving after her, yeah. but it's okay that I'm with her. That's it. That's kind of that's the end of the scenario. Well, was there ever a point where, where it was like you, it wasn't going well, and you were thinking, "Okay, I don't want this." I don't think so. I don't think so. No, like never, never to a point of bailing out. Yeah. No, 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 not at all. No, that and that was the other thing. So once the um, once I once we made the decision, once I made the decision, yes, I felt really comfortable with just. Like we we had challenges, okay. No, I know you. We had challenges. No, Everyone, had, we had a challenge. Like we had challenges, and not not to say that we didn't, but we uh, I think we also approached it the right way because you know right at the beginning I I had, I had said to Renee that, um, I think that what we should do is is to seek the help of a professional. As we bring our two families together, and she looked at me. She goes, "What? Right. Like, right. like what do you mean? Like a like a therapist?" And I said, "Yeah, like a fucking family therapist would be great." And she said, she looked at me, she gave me this look. She always had this look like, huh? Like, <laughs> you're a guy and you want to go to therapy? Yeah, right. That, the guys don't go to therapy. Why have you? Right, 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 right. <laughs> but she thought it was a good idea. And I thought it was a good idea, too, because here's what we were doing. Like, we're taking, um, we're t- I have two children. She has two children. Her two children were raised differently than my two children. Her relationship with her ex is different than my relationship with my ex and we're bringing the whole thing together yes plus we have the grandparents out there floating around and, and assorted other um oh there's another caller and, <laughs> and, and thanks for finding right? us yeah. Yeah. yeah and um so we were we were meshing these families together and also then coming for me coming into uh, a more um traditional jewish, jewish environment that i was accustomed to Right, the Jew that you are. The right. Yeah. So here's <laughs> so. the thing. But here's the thing. Okay, let, let, let's try to be as uh, honest as possible, right? The truth of the matter is earlier on, you did bail. But what's beautiful about you is that you didn't allow yourself to make the mistake of your life. Oh, that's true. But you did bail. Well, I did. That was a brief moment. Because you were scared. But that occurred before we moved in. Because you were scared. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. What were you scared of? Uh, it, it, it must be, a, it must have been for, uh, you know, a sense of, uh, 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 maybe to be hurt, I guess. I, like, I don't know. It's fearful. It's just a fearful, uh, lack of control, loss of control, yeah, right, right. uh, not knowing uh, who the hell knows, you know, who the fuck. Yeah. Knows? Well, I'm so happy for you that you didn't make the mistake. I really am that you didn't make the mistake. I knew because I, I would have, you know, <laughs> I would have kept on going. <laughs> you know, yeah no because my fear was so great that i would be able to conquer it where you conquered your fear that's my point i'm not putting myself down i just i know that my fears sometimes get so great and you know what you know what it's like when you feel that terrible thing in your gut yeah but this I, is, i'm scared out of my mind i can't do this man but uh, but so here's the point and this and that's exactly what was going on and that classic line love conquers fear is exactly what fucking happened yeah because I could have let fear conquer it, or I would have lost ten years with Renee. I know that's the point, and that's the point. And you know, and 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 our time together, and the experiences, and 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 my God, and everything else that's happened ever since then. So it's like, uh, sure, it, it's we can uh, we can just stick with our fear, but it, it, guess what? It's still there, and we're still stuck, and then nothing moves on. 
um, or we just kind of say, hey, like in my particular case, she made it easy, man. She made it easy to do business with her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know like what how, I mean? How so? How so? Because she was just such a kind and loving, authentic person. And to be with her was just like always such a pleasure, wow. right? Wow. Like it was just such a pleasure. Like wow. like all her friends and family and everybody always wanted to, you know, to be and, and spend time with her girlfriends or every girlfriend wants to be her best friend and on, right? And I got the full Monty because she was my wife. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. was only sleeping with one man and that was you. And that was me. And that, um, you know, and I got to see the full package and the full package is as great as everyone thinks it is. Oh, shit. You know? So, 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 so Lou, let's keep your excitement rolling here. Yeah. Let's keep that energy going. Be, because what happens is one day she goes to a doctor's appointment. Well, what happens? We, um, Renee was, uh, um, she, uh, Renee traveled a lot for business over the for last business. few years. Yeah, right. yeah, she traveled a lot for business over the last few years. Of which she was extraordinary at her business. Right? She was amazing. Yeah. She was amazing. She was always a top, um, you know, top leader. She was a trailblazer. Whatever she did, you know, she was the first person to step up and go, here I am. What do we got to do, you know, to get this done, right? Yes. She was she was just that type of person, and uh, and very mindful of associates and so everyone so she worked with. Yeah. So she was going for like a general checkup. So no, what we were away, we traveled to uh, we traveled to New York often, and uh, she had a, an office in New York, and that was part of her gig. And we we, we did travel quite often to New York, and we went uh, one particular weekend. And over the course of the weekend, she just she did, she started to get some um, unusual pain, sharp sharp pain around her hip area which was unusual, like she didn't, she hadn't fallen or bumped it or, you know, so it was kind of odd location. Yes. Um, went to a local doctor in New York who uh, thought that she may have um, uh, like a urinary tract infection, possibly maybe a kidney infection, prescribed some antibiotics and suggested that we see the family doctor as soon as we come home, right? So we actually cut the trip early because Renee just, she wasn't feeling well. She started getting some fever through the course of the night. And so we, we, next morning we came home. She went to the GP on Monday, and um, they did some blood work. They did a chest X-ray, and within a day, the doctor called back and said that they found something on the chest X-ray, and that it looked like cancer. So oh, he said this on the phone. That she, the physician's a female, yeah. On the phone. Yep, yep. And I remember, the, I remember the moment very, very well. I was, it was, a, it was a, it was a gorgeous August day. Uh, I was going to play golf with some friends, and I was uh, in the garage just getting the the clubs, right, getting ready to go out. And I saw. Are you a good golfer? No, no. no I don't even see you golfing. Anyways, go ahead. No, I don't see it. No, <laughs> not good. And uh, then I I saw her through my periphery. She was walking through uh, through the backyard. And I just looked at her, and she walked right up to me, like just right in my face. And she said, I have cancer. And it fucking collapsed. Like in my arms. Like, and it was, it was like that, that moment just changed everything. Like that was the moment, right? That was the, that was the boom. That was the guillotine that came down. The wall that went up or whatever. And however we want to identify the, the life-changing, altering moments for everyone yeah. who was associated with Renee. And of course, Renee, right? And that that started the series of um, frantic tests, really rapidly. You know, they 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 speeded up the whole process for her. Just one sec. Do you know how to respond to that? Like when she fell in your arms, did you know how to respond? 
I like intuitively. Well, I grabbed her. So she, she was so close fall. to me. I mean, she was so close to me anyway that I just like you know I, I think my arms were almost around her anyway when she was talking because I could see the look in her eyes. Um, so I, I I think I instinctively had my arms sort of around her anyway, and then she just sort of collapsed into my arm. And did you did I, you cry? I didn't. I didn't. I was I was I was more like what, what are you talking like what are you talking about? Yeah, like, right, like, right. You know, I was more like what I was questioning the whole thing. Like like what are you talking like who called you? And I'm saying the doctors said what? Right. Like that that was a fucking chest x a chest x rays don't like a chest x ray will show like a, a dark spot, but it doesn't like it doesn't you have to go further. Yes. <laughs> into the process to see whether it's cancerous or not, and what kind, what stage, where is it at? Like, is it like you know, to 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 say to someone just through looking at that that it looks like cancer. So you were in disbelief for that moment. Off. Yeah, because I said to her, I said, Renee, fuck, okay, like maybe there's something, but it's like, but unfortunately, it was like the word was out of the bag. The doctor said it, right, and then. And then it just became um, a, a, a various um, series of shit shows from that point on. Like what happened in the next, let's say, 24 hours, 48 hours? What happened? We were scrambling to find out next steps. What's going to happen? Like what did you do? You went online? Um, no, we were contacting the doctor, the physician, who was trying to set up uh, appointments at the uh, at Princess Margaret. Okay. And then we had a family friend who also intervened who um, had some connections through the hospitals to try and get Renee in early to get her... Uh, yeah. Uh, to get the test done, and that and that that happened. That did happen. So, so can I ask you something? What when you guys lay down at night, you just held oh, each fine. other, held each other for? I got well, you know, I mean, at that point, it's it, it was yeah, it, for sure, and it was also uh, it was also almost like like there was nothing actually going on. It was just like another thing. It yeah. was just like another thing in our lives that was not real, but yeah, because right. at this point it wasn't. Yeah, right. So this this entire journey lasted five weeks. Five weeks. That's it. So from diagnosis to grave was five weeks. She died in a five week period of time, <sighs> and that was that in itself was traumatic to everybody. Her children, you know, her family was was devastated. I was fucking shocked. Um, never mind her loss, but in such a short period of time, yes. and um, but you know, but. Like I said, there was there was a series of progressions of how this thing started, how it manifested itself, and then the treatments, and um, it just every day was a shit show. And she had a lot of side effects, like a lot. She almost um, one night she almost died at home. Um, she had this thing called cardiac tamponade, yes. and it's um, it, it's one of the um, things that people who have lung cancer. Uh, may experience in the heart, the sac around the heart starts to fill with blood, yeah, and then the heart can't pump anymore because the, there's too much pressure from the, the sac being filled with blood. It's just a consequence of, uh, or a side effect of having lung cancer. Yes. And we were at home, and it was in the middle of the night, and um, she just, she was really having a hard time breathing, and we rushed her, I rushed her into the hospital by ambulance. Within three minutes, like the fucking emerge was full doctors were coming from all over the place like one physician was saying to the other you got to come and watch this this case because we don't get many of them which hospitals that Toronto general okay so they it was uh it was it was a shit show 
It was, and I'm standing there. Well, why'd you go down to Toronto General, by the way? Did you close um, your no, Toronto General. Toronto General was the one that we had to go to. That was the one because the files, her cancer files, were all down there. Where they they transferred from Princess Margaret over to Toronto General. Okay. Okay. So you know, I mean, the medics thought that she could make it versus going to Sunnybrook, which would have been closer to us. But did, did you go in the ambulance? Yeah. Remember that trip? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember it. it was, that was kind of... They're, they're shit, those trips. They yeah, are. I know. Yeah, they're absolutely shit. And considering that, that I did that job, you know, for 16 years, right? right? That was also kind of surreal to, be, to be in there. But trips. it's like, I'm sitting in there and, I, and it's like all of a sudden I'm back in the fucking ambulance seat again. There I am. And all the equipment, all the machinery, all the feeling, all the sound, all the smells, the bells, the whistles, all the shit that's going on, the radio, the sirens what i did for 16 so years. so you're holding renee's hand in the yeah office? yeah and, and and is she conscious she was um she had a mask on I she had a mask on she was having a hard time breathing um i was only able to hold her hand for just a very short period because she had to put her hands back down so they could put the intravenous in i was behind her and i had my hand on her shoulder but she was like she was having a real hard and time you, st- you stay pretty strong in those moments because well i stayed strong because the whole of time. your background and who you are right well i think that was a big part of it i mean and 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 at the time i had a job to do that's how you saw it i remember i had a job to do yeah, you know yeah. and what was that job and was that it? that job was to look after her for better or for worse i mean that was the deal right you were that like was, all, was, all in i was all in. in all in and i was using every fucking piece of skill that i ever had everything in my toolbox to try and make her last days as comfortable as I possibly could. Yeah, how did you think you did? I think I did okay. You do, right? I do. Okay. I think I did okay. It was, uh, you know, it got to it got to a point where, um, you know, I, I've, I've thought in my life that I've, I've had a few presidential decisions to make. <laughs> I've always sort of categorized them that way because they're big, you know, and I think, when we get to a certain stage in life, if we kind of reflect and go back and go, have we ever made presidential type decisions in our life? Yes. You know, yes. and what what was the fallout, and what or you know what were the what what was the result of it? Um, and 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 this was one of those times where you know we and I, she and I, made a pact a long time ago, as many couples do, that one will never let the other suffer. Right. Yes. And it was coming to that presidential decision. When is that time to say, okay, it's time, you know, crank up the fucking juice. And that's, it was, it was coming to that because I knew when, once that's done, there's no reversing it. Right. I'll never talk to her again. Well, I can talk to her, but she's not going to talk to me. And that was, that was, that was, that was, um, that, that was, that was the ultimate moment where, where we had to, I had to make that decision, you know, but it was, it was the right time. And, and, it was, uh, it, it was, it was just my focus, my attention was just trying to make her journey through this thing as peaceful and as calm and as pain-free. Renee was a fighter. She was. She was a fighter. And, um, and, uh, whatever was thrown at her, she tried to, you know, um, to even twist it into something good, almost like right to the very end. It was amazing. Um, you know, like I'll give you an example, for instance, like when we first started on this journey where they finally told us the, the diagnosis. Yes. Which was lung cancer. Yes. 
Are you kidding? It was fucking brutal. It was it was a death sentence. It was a death sentence that we sat in this doctor's office, and you know it was quite amazing because Renee, um, it was looked beautiful. She looked great. Like she, you know, yes. her hair was great. Her makeup was great. And even the the physician, this oncologist, the senior oncologist, was a, a woman about Renee's age was saying that you know she was holding the chart and looking at Renee and holding the chart really? and looking at Renee and going if Miss Roth if I was to see you in a restaurant I would look at you and go what a beautiful stunning is woman that, is that what she said that's what she said that's what the doctor said but in looking at your chart I'm afraid I have to tell you you have stage 4 lung cancer that has spread to your brain your bone your lymph nodes um, How do you hear that? And I'm I'm sitting there, like I I can't even imagine like, the look on that? my face because I I hear exactly what she's saying. Yeah, you're you're done. <laughs> like, and it's whoa the 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 weight of the of this report because this was this was now we were at the point where every single fucking test had been done and every single one was like at its she was at that far stage but outside on the sh on the out outer shell yeah she looked like some beautiful woman you'd see out in some restaurant somewhere in some bistro like it, it was just uncanny until the treatment started yes and that was it and then it was just a long battle down and you know she uh, she just like she fought 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 so many people fight, 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 and you know until there's just nothing left. But it's like um, it happened in a very short period of time, and you know there's there's been many uh, many conversations and many things that have happened ever since. But I remember very early on, um, uh, shortly after she passed, when we were holding the shiva at the house, that someone said to me, um, "Well, at least you know she went fast." <laughs> I felt like saying "fuck off." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wanted her to not go fast. I wanted her to stay here forever, because so I could look after her. But that's that's my selfish yeah. feeling coming out of mourning the loss of something I have lost versus what has happened to her. And so, so let me ask you: I mean, I, I've had people get sick in my life, yeah. but like I, I can't honestly say that um, I've been with someone who was dying like my mother uh, she was older and she mm -hmm. got sick and she got more sick and then she got more sick but i would never qualify as oh mom's dying you know one day she died but like with renee you were with somebody who was your soulmate whom you love with all your heart and soul and she loved you with all her heart and soul and there she was in your life and she was dying like your relationship now went to giving and loving and mm -hmm. taking and entertainment um to, now, now this woman's dying. Yeah. The one you love more than yeah, anything. Honest. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, what was that like? Well, the uh, <laughs> it was like it was fucking traumatic. It was awful. It was it was it was extremely painful from moment to moment to moment to moment to moment. There was there was always a, I found there was always a sense of uh, of tension, anxiety. Um, my stomach was in knots. I had a hard time eating, um, but at the same time. Uh, 
I was focused. Like I was really focusing on on just paying attention to what was going on with her. Did you work? Did you go to work at all? Uh, yeah, I was working. I was still working at the time. Right up until she died. Uh, no, I pulled back. I, I stopped. I, like I think about. Um, I mean, I wasn't working a lot, so you know, I, I, there was a whole bunch of stuff that was that was still going on, but. Um, I was wrapping up a lot of the business at that time, and so it, it was. It was that really was not affect, didn't affect it. I was able to spend time with her, but to answer your question, it was not. It was very challenging to to not think about anything except what was like right in front of me. It was like for the first time, really, for a long time, uh, I was I was just living minute by minute by minute because I was trying to capture that minute by minute by minute by minute. It's like. Yes. You know, we take time for granted often. We often, you know, many of us are just, we just go, you know, we don't go minute by minute by minute, yes. right? We don't live that way. It's just not a thing. But here I knew my time was limited. So I was trying to capture every, like, what does this one moment of hugging feel like? Wow. So you were, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, you I'm were trying entirely to, present. I'm trying to lock and load on this. Yes. To, you, be, to be really present the whole time. For, and this is a person who's never been all that present in their life because I'm always either, you know, living in the past or somewhere in the, in the, in the future, right? Either chasing something or, or, or sitting in some shit. That's kind of typically how I live for a long time. So do, and, do, um, you know, part of this living in the moment thing is, is also what's happening because of my yoga practice that was allowing me to do that. That's when it was starting to come in into play. It, it was allowing me to start focusing on my breathing work and how that related to meditation, yeah. how meditation yeah. related to being present, how being present related to being mindful. How could I, how I was able to appreciate every single fucking moment. And what's interesting too is if we take a look at the paramedic part of your life, that almost trained you to get through those five weeks and to do your job. Just do it. So you have the yoga piece, you have the paramedic piece. Yep. It's interesting to look at all the different pieces of your life well, and how they come together for that exact second to well, make it to maximize it as much as you can. I think maybe it was you who said to me, I think it was you who said to me, and if it wasn't, it would have been you because you you say these fucking thank great you. things to me all the time. <laughs> but yeah, was, thanks, I, thanks. I'll totally give you credit for it. Thanks, but it was, I, I think I said something to the effect of, I just, I can't handle this. Like this was something thrown at you know like I I, I just I, I can't take this I cannot fucking take this and I think I was referring to afterwards, and uh, where the pain was you know I felt so much and and it was you know I think you said to me that it was just you know nothing is ever handed to you that you can't handle, you know or pretty much in the sense in essence whatever's whatever you know what we happen to be going through you know if you know if you listen to us blabber about this stuff it doesn't have to be the loss of someone it could be a loss of a job it could be you know loss in general or losses of many things um it's uh it, it's um <laughs> i lost my train of thought so yeah, listen uh, of, by the way i didn't say that you know you're you not didn't oh you didn't say that i don't really believe it you don't right <laughs> No, the reason I well, say that is because there are people who are handed stuff and they can't handle it, right? Yeah. But that's not the point. The point really is. <laughs> okay, it sounded good to me at no, the time. No, it was time. good. It was a good line. Only that it's like, okay, I can handle it, but I can't. I feel like I can't. Well, I honestly, I, I don't know where I would put in my head yeah. that my wife was dying. I don't know where I would put it. I, I honestly don't know how I'd get up in the morning. I don't where did you put it? Well, you know, I, 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 where did I put it? Nowhere. I, you know, I think that's that some of us 
are able to compartmentalize for the sake of self-preservation and protection, right? So where did I put it? I put it up my ass while I, I, I just focused my time on her. And, uh, and, and really, the, the only time that I had for myself to, to, to reset, re-energize, regroup is when I would take that 60 minutes to go into a yoga class and power up. And I don't mean the gentle yoga. I mean power, 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 power. You know, uh, one of the things, Lou, that is challenging for me is, is knowing what a symbiosis there is between you and I in terms of communicating, speaking, hanging out, doing stuff together as buddies. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about this interview. Um, but it's a challenge, too, because I'm not sure that I can find this level of intimacy, two men together, um, honest discussion, emotional discussion. I'm not sure I can find this very often down the road, but we shall see. Well, that's that's why you need to invite me back. Right. <laughs> yes. So if your tank runs low on that one and you need d- deep spiritual conversation of some some level, you know, on the on the on the male side, I'm almost here. Thank right. you. I'm happy to share. Thanks for being there. Yeah, I'm for pretty me. open. You know. So, so Lou, we were we were we were talking extensively about uh, you, your background, who you are, um, all the things you've done in your life. Then meeting this incredibly beautiful and lovely woman, Renee, and then she getting sick, mm-hmm. um, and then one day she died. <laughs> you know what? It's just about exactly that and one day she just died like yeah. it just like out of nowhere and in five weeks we went from being you know in a in a in a semi you know fairy tale-ish lifestyle to uh to having life change for a lot of people and yes. you know of course her family her immediate family wonderful children and and mother and and you know the brothers and it's like oh my gosh it's ev- everyone's life changed and it was just like that and uh you know it was one of those things where I kind of got kicked in the head for a second. And I think um, I heard this, which was also great, you know, about, I mean, Renee and I were making plans for the future, right? Like we were making plans like so many people do. We were big plans, uh, big plans. We were, we were planning on moving. We were planning on doing a whole bunch of stuff. And you know, what was that thing? Um, we make plans and God laughs. Yes. That's so what you just said, she just died. That's exactly what happened. It just, we made plans and she died and life changed for everybody. And that was pretty much it. So Lou, after all this time, are you now able to see the, the minutes before you found out that Renee was sick, the minutes in between when you realized, Mm -hmm. yes, she's sick, she's dying. And then to see afterwards, can you see that whole picture now? In full clarity. Yeah. In full clarity. What does that look like? It, um, it's disturbing in a lot of ways because it was it was it was just filled with so many different experiences f- for so many of us and particularly Renee. So she's the top on the on the list here in terms of this experience, what she was going through. She was the one who was sick. You know, someone said to me, "Man, did you ever get screwed on this deal?" I said, "Fuck no, I didn't get screwed. She did. I'm alive. Are you kidding me? Like, give me a break. I'm actually okay. Like, I'm fine." So. Um, you know, it um, things things change really fast. That's the other thing. Like it's from one minute to the next, everything changed. So our entire future now was was unknown for everyone. And that's that's the um, that was sort of the next chapter where I started to lead into of, of how do I get through this? Because I, I must tell you that 
one of the things that happens to most people, and I didn't, I didn't know this. You asked, you know, so I, one of the things I mentioned now is I have clarity over that time, whereas at that time, I was so unclear, so unsure because of the trauma that I was face, yeah. facing, um, along with everyone else trying to, to you know, keep all of this together. Is I developed something called fog head, mm -hmm. F O G, and I didn't know it was such a thing, and I actually looked it up. I felt foggy all the time. Yes. I'll give you an example. I went up to the ATM to use, I went up to get some cash, right? Thing I've done a hundred or a thousand times. Yes. I put the card in and the thing is flashing pin and I'm standing there. I have no fucking clue what my pin number is. Yes. A thing that I just automatically do. My head was so cloudy and foggy. I didn't know one moment to the next. There's very, very few things of what I actually knew how to do. And it was amazing. And it was one of those experiences also where I would drive and arrive at the destination point and not really remember how I got there. It was insane. It was, it was, it was awful. And or it took, it took me a long period of time to slowly get out of that and start to become clear again. How, how long would it have taken you? Oh, well over a year. And, well over a year. And within that year, you and I spent a lot of time together. Yeah. Uh, you and Renee used to sit in front of your beautiful fireplace and just talk and sip on sure. wine. Then when she passed away, I guess that was a place that was safe for you, had a lot of memories. Very much so. So you and I would sit and, and, right, and, and talk. talk. Yeah, and we talk, and that felt just, it was, it was um, you know, it was warm, it was comforting, it was safe. Um, our conversations could just lead, like our, our, we didn't have a ceiling, you and I, to our conversations, which is something very unique between you and I, because Renee and I also didn't have a ceiling to the conversations. They could vary in any, any certain way. And in fact, it's, you know, it's very, um, um, I don't know, it's just uh, very enriching to me to be able to go that way. I guess we're uh, uh, male soulmates, <laughs> like buddy soulmates. I guess we are. Yeah. I guess we are. So, Lou, the theme of this show is having a soulmate and losing her. So you lost your soulmate, and a lot of people would think, my God, you lost your better half. It's like losing a limb. But through our extensive discussions, you told me, no, you never felt as though you lost a half of yourself. Not physically. I, I know some people or sort of metaphorically think that, you know, it's a feeling as if that they've lost half of themselves. And then I guess, you know, it somehow manifests uh, potentially physically to them. But um, no, I, I, I didn't feel that. No, I, I, lo I felt like I lost my partner. Yeah. Not, 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 not a half of my body or my, 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 my soul or, you know, any of that sort of thing. No, I'm, I, I still felt whole, but empty. So from the people you have spoken to who also lost a, a, a spouse, mm. a soulmate, would that have been their experience as well, or does it just diverge? It's, it's all over the map. I have spoken to, I have a couple of friends that I've uh, re reached out with, unfortunately, that ended up in the same situation. And yes, the, uh, the, the lot of the experiences that, that they are speaking about, you know, when, they are, when their situation happens very mm. much resonated with me and mirrored a lot of mine so there are a lot of similarities that we go to and go through a lot of it also de is really dependent though individually on the, on, the, on the person and how we grieve and you know what uh, I, I did see a grief I, I saw two counselors actually and one of them I really liked I sat down the first thing she said to me she said she just slaps her hands on the table and she says 
whatever you've ever read online or in book or anything else about the grieving process, throw it out the fucking window because yeah. it's bullshit. And that's what she said to me. This yeah, is good the, one. This is the Your ther- type of woman. This is the therapist. I'm going, whoa, uh-huh. okay, I like her. I yeah. said, tell me more. She said, look, it's really individual. She said, yeah, there are similarities. There are the different stages and, you know, that kind of stuff, which we've, um, which we've come to recognize. But who's to say to what depth these stages are and how long someone would remain in them yes so it becomes challenging to some of us because society also puts an expectation on how fast we should be recovering yeah so people used to tell you oh yeah lou get over oh yeah and and what would you say to them or at least in your head what would you say (laughs) well i had a couple middle fingers that were pointing up pretty high in the sky more than two it's like you know what it's that no this needs to be my journey of discovery and, 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 and growth through this process. So part of the growth I've discovered through anything is you got to sit in it for a while and yeah. taste it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't taste good, yeah. right? No matter what it happens to be, if we try to somehow, you know, um, I don't know, camouflage it, cover it up, drink it away, smoke it away, whatever, you know, not to say that we didn't do that or I didn't even do that. Um, but we can't hide from it. So it really comes back to sitting in this muck for a while and then working through it. Did you ever see her? Did she ever walk through the house? Did you, she ever sit next to you and whisper in your ear? Not like that. Not like that. But there were other signs. There were signs all over the place. And for the first little while, um, yeah, for the first little while, there was this ladybug that was constantly around me. Really? And I have never had a ladybug around me. Like a ladybug? A ladybug. And that ladybug used to, it was, she would appear when I was on the deck, you know, on just like on the computer or whatever, uh, in my bedroom. And here's the thing. My daughter, Olivia, had a ladybug at the same time when I did. We were sending, really? pic- we were sending pictures of these ladybugs to each other going, what's going on here? This is like, she's never had a ladybug in her apartment. I've never had one in the house. I've heard, by the way, <laughs> I've heard the I've heard from people who've lost their spouse that birds will show up. Birds I've heard of, not ladybugs. Well, tell me the story. Yeah, one particular, uh, is there a story you're, you're No, talking? your story. Was yeah, the so birds. there's there's a particular woman <laughs> who am I thinking of, I won't mention her name. Not she, even, not even, no, I'm talking about the red cardinal. Oh, yeah. In my backyard. The red cardinal. What did you do when you sat down in my backyard and this fucking red gorgeous bird flies by? You looked up and said? That's Renee. You said, hi, Renee. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. I remember. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the bird, right? Did you have another bird story? Sorry, I didn't. No, no. It was just a very, very quick one. She said that this bird showed up at her window after her husband died and it stuck around for about a month. And she had never seen it before, and it made itself very much at home. And uh, after a month, it left. And I've heard many, many, many bird stories yeah, yeah. like that. And this went on for a little while. And I've, I've got pictures on my phone that I, I used to capture, and my daughter Olivia used to capture, and we'd send to each other. And here, here's the ladybug again. And it may have been that earlier in the day we were talking about Renee, or think, or something. It was an anniversary or something. Yeah. So you know what? I don't know. All I know is I don't know. And if that was happening and we noticed it and it made us feel great then i'll take it right it's a nice thing you used to uh make the trek up to the cemetery quite often Mm -hmm. closer to the time that she passed away Mm -hmm. a little less now Mm -hmm. 
and you would take two cups of coffee. (laughs) And sometimes you'd even call it a date with Renee, right? Oh, for sure. No, I I would go there and have a bagel with her, and I'd bring her Starbucks, and her her name was written on the cup. Right. I had them write her name on the cup. Yeah. Did you? Because mine, you know, I had my name, because, you know, they always ask your name at Starbucks, right? So then I told them. And then I would have my name on the cup, and I'd go up there, and um, yeah, for sure. we Because that was a thing we used to do quite often, right? We'd, we'd have our coffee and shoot the shit and do whatever before our day got started. And um, yeah, so I would do that, and I would sprinkle the coffee all over her grave. I did, would right? you? Sure. It's sort of like a caffeinated grave. Yeah, right. Well, I couldn't drink both, right? I'm right. too old. I'd be peeing all day long. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know I what know. I mean? So I know anyway, the problem. She loves, she, hey, listen, she loves coffee, so I, I was sharing the wealth. I was sharing the coffee. We'd sit and talk. I'd have my bagel. And, um, you know, when I say sit and talk, it's all in my mind, right? I'm not actually verbalizing anything. It's just I'm just sitting, again, I'm sitting with it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to really sit with it, experience the feeling of it, so that I can be okay with it when I leave, you know? I think that's, that's, that's part of it. So uh, I, And I still go up to see her. I don't go up as often only because I've moved. And it's, it's uh, not that that's an excuse, but I'm just saying it's, um, you know, it's, and it's time. Things have softened a little bit. It, 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 um, the, the cemetery thing never worked out all that well in my, in my head. I just, I didn't really like that whole concept of it. <laughs> it just didn't really work for me, but yes. that's, that was her, that was her, um, that was her wish. So that's what we did. When you lost Renee, there was a long period of time where you mostly, I think, kept to yourself. You had sure. very close friends around you, but you didn't have a lot of patience for the mundane things that we do no things changed uh, everything everything started to change uh, in terms of how i viewed life in terms of uh, things that were important things that were my motivation prior to renee uh, having died things that were important things where I've, i focused my attention before all of these things just started to really change so with this change came some turbulence as well i didn't quite understand what this change was was um, was going to lead to or how I was feeling about it. And the other thing I found too very shortly after she died is I completely lost my filter. If you if you said something to me or like whatever, I would just launch. <laughs> my filter disappeared completely. Did you have an example? Um, well, just, you know, something like that. I mean, normally I'm, I'm very civilized and very well behaved and I think of myself as quite the gentleman. But yeah, you are a gentleman. Yeah, thank you. you and, uh, you know, I'm very reserved and I tactfully work my way through life. Yes. I didn't do that. No. It's like, fuck you, get out of my house. <laughs> Did that actually happen? It happened. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um it, yeah, everything changed. Everything changed. So what I've spent basically the last three and a half years, almost three and a half years on, is picking up all these pieces of these changes and trying to put it into something that where I can be really productive. I mean, I feel really good physically, I feel great. Mentally, I feel very strong. Emotionally, I feel very strong. Um, I miss her dearly and still love her dearly. And But I'm recognizing now that there's um, she did a lot of good things while she was here. Yes. A lot of good things. And you and I just spent an evening together with uh, Via Hafta and the Starry Nights uh, Big Gala, right? And the first thing that I saw happen was a speaker... Uh, second thing, because you were the first speaker, but you know, once we got into the other side, uh, the, this speaker, who uh, uh, this man, who at one time, um, I guess, became homeless, yes. right? And um, 
you know, had a, had a, had a very down and out life for a, a solid 20 some years. And then he came out of it, went back into the Via Hafta uh, program, the Street Academy program, which is, you know, Renee was passionate about, like she was passionate about this. You know, I like Abram, she went on and on and on and on that what she wanted to do in her retirement was do this, focus this and create something really big and worldwide out of the VSA, by the way. Yeah, I, I just want to mention that Via Hafta is an organization that yes. I started yes. about 22, 23 years ago, and, and uh, we focus on the homeless, and Renee was on our board of directors. Mm-hmm. And now we have the Renee Roth uh, Speakers Bureau, That's and right. a lot of people who are homeless or near homeless um, have learned how to express themselves more so, to articulate their story, and to do it publicly because of the Renee Roth Speakers Bureau. Yeah, so that's a workshop. That's a, it's, a workshop. it's a separate workshop that we created on, on um, in Renee's memory. Yes. Uh, because she was such a gifted speaker. Uh, she loved to read and, you know, whatever. She was quite, um, quite um, you She's know, gifted. amazing and gifted in that, in that respect. And what we're, what we're trying to do is get a select group of people coming from the program, train them to speak publicly with confidence. So to be able to go out and share their story, just like I'm sharing mine with yours. I, I, I feel fairly comfortable because I've been in front of a mic for years and years, so that's, it doesn't bother me. But recognizing some people coming off the streets, even to socially integrate is difficult, never mind getting up on stage yeah, I know. and talking. <laughs> I know. So to be able to provide this program as a workshop has been great. And, and uh, so that, you know, we, we continue to, uh, at least I continue to try to be involved in things that are really positive that have come out of this, the uh, most unfortunate situation of her death are you still married to Renee um, I still feel like I'm married to Renee but um, I, I think that I'm I don't uh, for the longest time I felt like I was married to Renee in in the respect of um, not allowing me to move forward yes yeah yeah uh, I don't feel that way anymore I, I still feel that she was my wife but I don't feel that if I happen to be with someone that I'm cheating on my wife, if okay. that makes any sense. Whereas at one time I did. I, 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 would, I would not even entertain the notion because I felt as if I was truly cheating on my wife because she was in my so forefront and top of mind that she was still very much my wife. And that has softened over time, which I think is also part of this process that I've been working through um, to move on. And, and it's, uh, you know, Renee and I talked a lot she wanted to, for me to be happy and and she said to me she said i don't want you to sit around and just m- and maul in the shit she said i don't want you to do that she said okay for a little while <laughs> yeah P- but not too long M- mourn me for a while yeah so yeah be down for a while but you know what's what's a little while so for sure it's been a solid couple of years and now in the third year i'm kind of coming out of it pretty good i feel pretty good i think to myself that had i been in your situation and then um, started dating that I would inevitably compare the woman who women I'm dating to Renee to my wife. Sure. Does that happen, or well, do you compartmentalize? The well, day? it did. Uh, it did happen uh, off the start. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's a natural sort of a thing, uh, particularly at the beginning. It it happened quite a bit, and then I started to recognize that it was not it was certainly not beneficial or productive to do even though it's almost human nature to do it but again as time has gone on i've I've sort of i've I've stopped doing that or at least tried to recognize that i have done it and then stop doing it yes because i have done it and it's it's not fair to anyone and you know what it's not only if i want to be really selfish it's not even fair to me why would i be unfair to myself and compare 
there's really no need to compare. There was one Rene Roth and there's one of everyone else, you know, and I either like who I'm with or I don't. And that's kind of where I'm trying to be on that one. Do, do, do you think you'll see her again? I think so. Yeah. In yeah. what, in what that's guys? A, that's a, yeah. Right. In what guys and what's, what's that going to look like? Yeah. I just feel that there's uh, you know, I certainly don't have, have the big picture answers to anything, but man, there's so much, we're all about energy, right? Right. And, um, some energy forces and energy beings just connect like you and I energetically we connect she and I connected energetically and there are you know a couple of people here and there that I've done the same with I find it really difficult to believe that that just would dissipate and, and disappear into like complete nothingness versus something yes I tend to agree what is that something yes I'll catch you on the other side yeah, I don't know right. I'll, <laughs> I don't I'll know. see you then we'll see but you know what it's like um I don't know. I, I feel like in a lot of ways, whatever, there's got to be something else. I, I feel the energy. I feel the love. I, I feel the kindness that, that I shared with her. I feel all of that. And it's still here. You know, if, if, if it's something that I'm making up, okay, I'm making it up, but it makes me feel good, right? But I actually do think that it's, it's much bigger than me. It's much bigger than us. This, it's, it's energetic. This is energy field. I've done a lot of... Uh, work through my yoga practice, my teacher training and beyond that I keep, you know, looking into all these different things to try and live uh, a little bit more spiritual life. And, um, and I'm going in that direction and it feels pretty darn good. Well, what's your best advice for someone who just lost their spouse? Um, that's, um, <laughs> I think self care has got to be one of the biggest pieces of advice and which is one of the hardest things to do at this time really look after self whatever that happens to be mm -hmm. and um you know like the 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 initial there's almost no advice for the initial impact other than just to stay safe because the initial impact is strong so really you need those people around that can support and provide love and affection and space so often you know in my space i didn't need to have somebody sitting beside me holding my hand but when I was upstairs in bed, knowing that my children or a dear friend or someone was down on the couch watching TV, just in that space made yeah. me feel good. So it's surrounding oneself with people and whatever that happens to look like. You don't have to be, you know, side by side, but just have them in that environment. Because, again, it's the energy that we share with our loved ones and friends that, that's, that, that's healing to us, whether we're physically together or just under the same roof. I believe that that energy is floating around. So definitely coming together. Don't be alone. You know, being alone. Um, <laughs> I did it. Yeah, you <laughs> did. did it. Yes, you did. Fuck, did it hurt? Yeah. And you know what? Maybe that's. But I didn't do it initially. So I think that was kind of somehow smart of me. I didn't. Not initially. I was. I had people around me. Then when I felt strong, I was alone. Right. Versus right. being alone right off the bat. And, and, uh, and hopefully, you know, everyone, uh, you know, or if we are unfortunately going through this, you know, if people that are listening, it's just like, um, hopefully you've got a support group of at least one person mm -hmm. or a pet or something like seriously, like the, the, the need for interaction beyond us is required at that beginning for sure as a form of healing and and also as a form to say hey we're okay we are still alive people are still around us that are important we are still important and that's a reminder that that happens and then the work will start after that and what's your best piece of advice for individuals who have someone in their world who's lost their spouse is that the same question 
No, in other no, words, sorry. not not someone who's lost their spouse, but my friend has lost their spouse, you know, or a family member has lost. What should oh, I? What I should see, I yeah. be doing? Oh, so yeah, you're talking about as a support, more of a support person, or whatever. Right? Yes, in, the, in that capacity of some sort. This was always uh, this was always a challenge to me because you know people really are many are are well intentioned and um, and for people that are are in the periphery of those that have just lost someone everyone's really different really really different like some will be you know bringing lunch and dinner four times a day <laughs> sort of thing and some you'll never hear from you yes. know yeah so L- literally I, right literally they just, they just don't never, show up no just <clears throat> zero nothing um because everyone handles this sort of thing differently and not everyone's got the coping mechanism you know to to deal with it so i think a lot of it depends on the individual character of the person and like what i would what i would do and what i did with my friend who lost his wife about six months after I did. Um, I reached out to him. We had a coffee. All I did was let him talk, just listened to what he had to say. And that was it. And that was the end of the whole thing. I'm not giving advice. I'm not giving anything. I just, I listened to him talk because I remembered that what I needed was to talk. Yes. I needed to just hear myself say words, whatever they were, whatever they were. And he started to cry and he just started to really let go because he's in a different situation where he, um, uh, he keeps his act together and his shit together because of his kids and stuff. And I, I wasn't doing that. I would let my shit go, right? So yes. uh, he needed a form of release too. So, you know, I would just hold space for someone and just, you know, reach out, say, you know, um, and don't ask people, how are you? Don't ask, fucking don't ask them, how <laughs> are you? Just, you know, change it a little bit and say, how are you today? Yes. You know, it really matters a lot. How am I? Well, I'm fucking, I'm, I I'm feel like mess. shit. <laughs> She's still dead. I feel like yeah. shit and I'm a mess. Yeah, don't ask. That, don't ask. <laughs> How am I today? Right this moment? Pretty good, actually. I actually feel all right. <laughs> right, 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 right. So change that up a little bit. You know, even uh, um, I think Cheryl Sandberg in her, in her book wrote about, you know, don't ask somebody how they are. Just ask me how I am today. How you are today. Yeah. So, Lou, uh, we're going to wrap up this maiden voyage, as Amazing. I call it. This is our very first interview for uh, Hat Radio. And right. I want to thank you very much for being my first guest it was a real pleasure and oh, honor honor for me too yeah it, it was best. nice wasn't it <laughs> i know you and i both go into this and we're both uh, we like a good challenge yeah. i never as you said at the top of this interview you never we're never quite sure where we're going to go when we're together but i think it was a really good one and i want to thank you very much oh, my pleasure and i want to do it again i definitely want to do it again let's talk more about more t- more about wellness and about moving forward with health and the different things that we can do with tools that are built into our body where we don't have to go out and buy all this junky material right. and shit, right? right? So we can talk about, you know, how to change life and go from, you know, like seriously, the new 60, it's 40, man. Like it's honestly, right? Like 60-year-olds now should be hanging out like 40-year-olds. Yeah, like, no, no question. absolutely. And, right? And it's available to us and in various forms. In various forms. So let's talk about that maybe on another show. So I want to also thank uh, uh, my listeners. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. We're going to do lots more. So stay tuned. I don't have a schedule for you. I don't know who my next guest is, but I do know we're going to do this again. So thank you for listening. Uh, My name is Avram Rosenzweig, and I look forward uh, to greeting you again uh, through this big black hole that we call radio, in this case, Internet Radio. And it's been very, very exciting for me, and I thank you so much.